Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning, and happy Wednesday to you. This is Dr. Lorenzo, your host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with scenes of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and promoting a knowledge that's engaging and transforming. We are here to empower you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around us. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Uh, there's several ways you can do so. Um, you can go to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, um, my personal page, of course, but the Zero Network on Facebook. You can go there. You can listen to all archive shows all the way back to 2010. You can follow us on Twitter. The show handle is at Zero Radio, at Z-E-R-A Radio. My personal handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal. And we're... Uh, Wherever you want to be, <laughs> we are. You can listen to all of us, all of our uh, episodes, all the way on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I, oh, we're available on iTunes also. So, yeah. Um, I'm getting a little feedback, but that's a good thing. At least I could hear myself. Last time we tried to do show, we had so much technical issues, I couldn't even hear and come to discover that um, the – uh, it wasn't synced or something like that. It was a technical thing. I couldn't fix it. And I didn't try to fix it. <laughs> but we're here. Everything is sounding good so far. And that is all that matters. Um, so while we're here, uh, there's a couple of things I want to discuss. And I think we're going to have a good time discussing this. But uh, I want to invite you before we get started. If you have not checked out my latest, uh, my new podcast, it's called the Be Your Differentiated Self podcast. It's available on Anchor.fm/slash Dr. Lorenzo Neal. You can go there and listen. Also available on all your podcast outlets. That's uh, Spotify. That's Google Podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts. Anywhere that you can pick up a podcast, you should be able to find the Be Your Differentiated Self podcast. It's completely different from what I do here on the Zero Today show, uh, but it, it's I'm telling you, it's worth for listening. It's, I try to make it a little entertaining, and um, it, it's worth listening to. Also, if you have not done so, go to the Zero Today channel on YouTube. Go there, like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, and uh Listen to my commentary. A lot of what I don't talk about on the radio show, I talk about in the YouTube videos, and sometimes they overlap. And it's going to be a little bit of that today, but um, we're going to make the most of it. So go to the Zero Today uh, channel on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, and all that good stuff. Hit the bell for notifications. We're trying to do as much as we can. We're really, really becoming more diverse in um, in our presence uh over outside outside of what we have been doing so uh we appreciate your support and always you can support us on patreon go there uh support uh for as little as a dollar a month and paypal you can support us there anyway you can support and help we appreciate we're glad that you are 
doing that. We've been doing the show now for nine years, and um, uh, it's been a wonderful thing, wonderful, wonderful thing. So uh, let let me touch on the headlines uh, real quick before I get into the meat of the show. Um, I want to uh, pay condolences to families of Representative Elijah Commons. Um, uh, John Witherspoon and uh, hold on just a second I forgot who else the other person was passed away um, I'm starting to say Vernon Jordan but it's not him <laughs> yeah, Lord no I don't think it's him um, he was the longest serving golly how did it escape me just that quickly Mm, I hate this. I hate this. Anyway, uh, John Conyers. I had to scroll down. <laughs> John Conyers, uh, who was the lo- longest serving black congressperson in history, passed away at the age of 90. John Witherspoon, the comedian that everybody wanted to be, wanted to have as their granddaddy. <laughs> or their daddy. All of us wanted. He was just the craziest um, comedian and known for his roles on uh, as far back as the 70s. Um, he he goes way back. I, I grew up my generation seeing him in Eddie Murphy films, of course, the Friday series of films, and the Wayne Brothers, and Boondocks. Uh, I, I tell you, he was he was legendary in his work, and legendary in his character that he made that everybody could relate to. And <laughs> so he he's going to be missed. Um, there are a lot of people celebrating. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, mourning the loss of so many people. Uh, so we send condolences to their families. And, and, you know, they say in the black community, death comes in threes when it comes to celebrities or comes period, comes in threes. And we've had our three major ones, that at least the made national headlines this week. So huh, take a, a deep breath and mourn their loss, celebrate their life, and pray they rest well with the ancestors. So uh, that's pretty much it. Now, there, there are two other headlines, and I talked about this on my YouTube channel, and I just want to go ahead and touch on it now and get it out of the way. Um, Kurt Franklin and uh, Kanye West both made, made headlines uh, today. I mean, not today, but over the weekend, they both made headlines Uh Kanye West made headlines. Uh, Kanye has been in the news. <laughs> uh, he's been in the headlines all year consistently from um, from last year with his interaction with President Trump and coming out as a Trump supporter to beginning this year with his uh, secluded Sunday services that were leaked by his wife, Kim Kardashian West, that have now grown from just an isolated, secluded, exclusive invitation-only event to a touring group of sorts, now known as the Sunday Collective, and they have taken their Sunday service on the road. Kanye has um, gone on record as stating his conversion is not only real, but it's it's God-ordained moment for him. He, he, uh, uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, we're living in a very strange age. It's a very strange age. Strange is the fact that Kanye West. Who has done publicly when it comes to 
what he's promoting. And he, you know, he he's unabashedly promoting Christ. And his album dropped finally. Jesus is King. And I, I, I love some of the tracks on there. I'm not a Kanye fan. I'm I'm a gospel music fan. And I said on my YouTube channel uh, video that uh, the the music, the enthusiasm of the kids, uh, the the choir took me back to my days in college when I was singing with uh, our gospel choir on college and playing for churches, uh, either playing my horn or, or playing the keyboard or whatever it was. I mean, it took me back. I I, I really loved the enthusiasm, and I think this, of course, is going to be modeled by. <laughs> A whole lot of black churches. I already know uh, some of these songs that he's singing. They're probably already singing them in the church service. And one in particular, I, I just love. Um, I, I really just like the groove and the song, the lyrics and the, the arrangement. It, it's just wonderful. Uh, I, I, I just, I love it. But I don't like Kanye music particularly. I'm just again, it's it's kind of. Uh, nostalgic for me to see these young people with this kind of uh, enthusiasm for gospel music, and it's the same thing that happened when the the the, the show choir from Detroit won America's Got Talent, and you see those enthusiasm. Yeah, you know, I've never been a fan of show choirs. Uh, I don't think uh, show gospel choirs. Let me be more specific. You know, there's glee. Uh, a lot of schools had glee clubs with the, you know, the show choirs. Then they had the acapella, acapella groups and whatnot. But when it came to the gospel choir, um, I, I've never been a fan of show gospel choirs. I don't think that's that's distracting, in my opinion, um, from the music as well as from the message that should be being presented. And it takes, you know, it. it uh, let me, I'm not going to. Uh, so I, I applaud Kanye for for doing that. And as the album dropped, of course he did a Sunday service, and he did the Sunday service at the Forum in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, they sang tracks from there. He had Kenny G, Kenny G, playing the horn. <laughs> Man, that is. What can you say? He got Kenny G. Uh, so it it was it, it it's a good album, I guess, from what I have have, have heard and seen. And uh, I I I wish him well in his journey. Uh, I you know if it's an authentic booth of God for for him, it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm quite sure it's necessary. There are a lot of persons who are in this day and age are searching, and they don't know what they're searching for, but they're searching, and maybe they'll find it in by way of Kanye's Sunday service and his album Jesus is King. And you can go see the tracks um, and listen to the tracks. There's some good ones. I like the track on God because <laughs> it made me think of. Uh, every time somebody is trying to prove something, they say, man, oh God, oh God. <laughs> uh, that's just my funny take on that. It has nothing to do with the track itself. It's just my funny take on it. The other thing that happened this weekend, the Dove Awards, uh, Kurt Franklin received an award, and as he was giving his speech, he uh, spoke of um, – the murder of Tatiana Jefferson, Tatiana Jefferson, by the former Fort Worth police officer, and he uh, spoke on how we should do more to to uh, bring greater awareness that we can't be silent in, as Christians. You know, we have to speak on the injustice, and that part of his speech was edited out. And so he he went to Instagram and he promoted the video, put up this video saying that, you know, if it was just this one time, he can understand it. Maybe it was time constraints, but this is consistent across the board. Uh, Each time that he has attempted to speak out on social issues, uh, his speech has been edited. 
and so he's calling he called for a boycott of TBN and the Gospel Music Association, which is uh the purveyor a uh, producer of the Dove Dove Awards and many uh well here's the thing, there's a differentiation. Uh Christian music is differentiated by black gospel, contemporary gospel, uh quartet gospel. <laughs> I love quartet gospel. And Christian, uh, contemporary Christian music. Now, and the contemporary Christian music is that's the stuff you know you'll hear if you're going to like a Chick Fil A. You're going to hear that good music, and it's Christian and themed, and you know it it, it sounds good enough to come across as pop rock or some whatever. But it 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 really is Christian. Uh, so that's Christian. Music and the Dove Awards were basically made to celebrate that brand of a music. And while they acknowledged the black gospel music uh, part of it with the quartets and all of that, it's geared toward white Christians. It, that's just reality. That's who it's geared toward. That's their music. It's a fusion of the country, bluesy, uh, um, bluegrassy kind of stuff that they listen to. Black folk, we don't listen to that. We have the Stella Awards. <laughs> the Stella Awards, uh, the the Grammys for the Black Gospel. <laughs> that's, that's the stuff that you're going to hear played on your Hallelujah 95 kind of stations. <laughs> that's the stuff that the choirs are going to be singing in, on, on Sunday morning. They're going to be trying to imitate, you know, uh, that you got the Stella Awards for that. That's that's the awards that the black celebrities go to when they want to look like they're Christians. <laughs> I know I'm wrong for that. I'm wrong for that. Oh uh, yeah, forgive me. No, but there's a differentiation in Kurt Franklin. Though he started primarily in the black church gospel gospel church tradition. Uh, Mainstream became mainstream over the years, and over time, you know, his records transcended race, transcended cultural Christianity, if you, if I could say that. So he's been recognized as that, and he's re- he's being awakened to the fact that he has to be consistent inside and outside the studio, inside and outside the gospel genre, the Christian music genre. He has to be the same person. And he's been attempting to do so, and over the last several years, he's been—you can see kind of like this transformation of Kurt Franklin as something uh, beyond that. And under the leadership of his pastor, Dr. Tony Evans, he's become more grounded and uh, and his holistic approach to the entire, the totality of the Christian experience, which includes speaking to the injustices uh, that. We see in America, and you can't be. And I say this, and most uh, black preachers would say that. Say this from a black liberation perspective: you can't preach, you can't say you are Christian without engaging the injustices that other persons who also are Christians face. Be they black, white, brown, uh, be they Asian, be they Hispanic. You can't sit in a bubble and say, well, it's not affecting me, so I don't need to speak out about it. And this is the problem that uh, white evangelicals are finding as they support Trump, and they're finding this this displacement because they're like, well, we're Christians, and we're supposed to support the president, but you didn't support Obama. The same, and, yeah, it's this dissonance. It's this dissonance that uh, he wanted to uh, address and he had the opportunity to do so, so he did it, and in essence was censored for it. And I know censored may be uh, a bit of a stretch. They edited it out. Maybe it was time. We we don't know, but it does come across as censorship. And when you have a Christian organization censoring speech regarding Christians addressing oppression of others. And that is an issue, and that is an issue that should be addressed across the board. 
and I'm I'm glad he uh, I'm glad that he did uh, adjust address it. I wish many other white Christian artists would do so and follow suit. Um, so, but anyway, he he went on record saying that he's boycotting the Dove, uh, the Gospel Music Association, which produces the Dove Awards. And if I have that mistaken, I'm, I apologize. But uh, the Gospel Music Association, uh, the Dove Awards, and TBN, the Trinity Broadcast Network, which is, um, if not the top Christian broadcast station network, it's one of the largest. Um, anyway, and so he, uh, he he's joining others in boycotting them while at the same time while at the same time there are a group of pastors who were uh boycotting the word network and i was going to talk about that's what i was going to talk about last week when i had so much technical issues i couldn't talk about you had these group of pastors who uh because the white founder and president of the word network which is comprised predominantly of black preachers and uh Forwarded an image of him dressed as a pimp with these black preachers, and Kurt Franklin was actually in in the photo, and he photo he he sent this out to his black preachers. <laughs> he sent this out to his black uh, television personalities with him as a pimp, and saying, "I'm pimping y'all out." And so Bishop George Bloomer, who's one of the hosts on uh, the Word Network. And also pastor there in in North Carolina called for he uh either was fired or resigned. It depends on who you talk to <laughs> whether he was fired or resigned from the word network but he uh he spoke out against that and and decided that we need to boycott the word network because of this image and the idea that this man is pimping us, and I'm like, dude, y'all pimping yourselves too and so Hey, it is what it is. You you all making money. I think about the the story of Balaam the prophet in the book of Numbers, how um how Balaam is 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 kinda uncertain if he was a authentic prophet, but what we do know is he was a, a person who indulged in divination and somehow he was able to talk to God and God told him, uh, if these people go you know the 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 people Balak Boab want you to come. They're gonna pay you handsomely for it. Now, if they come to your place, if they come to you, uh, go. And they came, but they left. And some stayed. And he had, you know. Anyway, he went. God told him. God got upset with him going. I know this kind of doesn't make any sense. God tells you to go, and then God gets mad at you for going. And this is the part everybody likes that, that God sends an angel. Angel stands in front of the donkey. The donkey doesn't move. Gets beat by Balaam <laughs> three different occasions. Finally, the the donkey starts talking. And say, "Why are you hitting me? Look, there's a doggone angel. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I've taken you everywhere you need to go. And all of a sudden, you're beating me because I won't go because I see an angel. You can't see. I'm not the dumb one. You are Balaam the prophet. Anyway." So Balaam still goes, uh, trying to be, you know, he wants to make money. That's what he went for and couldn't curse the people he was supposed to curse. He only had to bless them because he said that's what God told him to do. That's all he could do. Anyway, so Word Network, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, uh, the entirety of this Christian entertainment ish industry, that includes some of the worship experiences in churches. And that includes the 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 thing that Kanye West has going on. It's all production. It's not. I mean, it's 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 credible in its presentation. It's enjoyable in its presentation, but it's still the same issue. It's a product. You know, church is a product now, and and because church is a product, we're consumers. And if we're consumers, then what else? What what does that make us? Uh, anyway, that, let me get off that rant. <laughs> anyway, so he's boycotting him and all of this there. Um, I, I don't know. They have since issued an apology 
to him. And see how it goes. Maybe there could be some reconciliation. Maybe they will now be more aware of the need for them not only to be in- inclusive and diverse, equitable in their uh, presentations, but also more vocal in uh, the arena of social justice. They ain't got to be social justice warriors. They ain't got to jump on every issue. They don't have to speak to everything. We don't need, we got enough folks speaking truth to power. And we see how that goes sometimes. But at least they can maybe, with that great influence that they have within Christian body here in the United States, they may be able to influence those persons to not be silent when it comes to issues of social injustice that affects people that they may not be directly connected to, but they are brothers and sisters in Christ. Anyway, that was my little rant. I'm going to take a break real quick, and uh, I'm going to go out on the first track of the uh, Jesus is King album by Kanye West because I like it. This is one of the songs. This is a song I was telling you about. I just love it, and I think it's a great little little song. You know, it's nostalgic to me. So we're going to go out on that. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about this uh, mass of Beyonce, uh, the Beyonce mass for black women. And uh, I, I I would love to, to um, it's, it's just a live show. So if you're listening, 347-237-5230, that's the number. It's on Facebook. Um, we're not live but you can um, click on the link and listen and leave comment t- leave your comments uh, under the link, however you want to do it. But anyway, love to hear your voice and your thoughts on that. So I'll be right back after this. And most of all, we've come to sing to the power of the Lord come down. I don't know about you, but I can use some power. I can use some power on my job. I can use some power in my attitude, some godly power. Tell somebody I want to sing tonight till the power of the Lord comes down. You're listening to Zira Today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. So if you're not aware, I am a very, very curious person. I'm always trying to learn new things. And um, so I recently learned about Skillshare, and it's opened up so many doors for me on learning how to be a better creative person. I've learned, I've taken classes on uh, creative writing, on my podcasting, on my YouTube videos, all of that. It has come in handy. And I would strongly recommend you, if you are trying to improve on any skill that you have and you want to go from being a hobby to uh, make it a pro, <laughs> I, I, I want to invite you to go to Skillshare.com. Uh, Skillshare.com is where you can go to learn all kinds of things. They have workshops on everything that you can imagine, photography, videography, uh, writing, anything that you can think of, you can find it on Skillshare. So, and I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to really love it. It's, it's worth every single moment, every single class, and you'll, you'll love it. You'll great. Greatly enjoy it. Go check it out. Skillshare.com slash Zero Today Radio. Yeah, at first I thought it was just the stress of moving. Hey, who's using that? Think we own stock in the electric company? I will turn this car around right now. There's nobody back there. I was becoming my father. It's been an adjustment, but we're making it work. You know, Progressive.com makes it easy for us to get the right home insurance. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto.
Have you had issues with your credit and you've been wanting to know what you can do to make it better, make it higher, get better stuff and more stuff? Well, we have an answer for you. Evidence Credit Evolution. That is the answer that we have for you. Evidence Credit Evolution offers you real credit repair that's quick and secure. There's no subscription affiliated with it. You only pay when negative items are removed from your report after joining. There's a one-time fee for lifetime enrollment and $25 for every item deleted. Learn more by visiting myfes.net slash eMecovery. That's myfes.net slash e-m-c-c-o-v-e-r-y. Or give her a call at 662-372-2125. That's Evelyn's Credit Evolution. You'll be glad that you did. Hello and welcome back to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, and we are back from a break. As um, I hope that you all will take advantage of the two ads that I ran for you. Um, Skillshare, now I have greatly benefited from Skillshare. I've learned so much on there, so go take advantage of that. Matter of fact, you can now, uh, there's a link in, uh, I'll put a link there uh, when when you go to listen to the show, I put a link there where you can go and actually get two free months of uh, Premiere. Whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Premiere Access. Uh, so you can get two free months of exclusive exclusive content. Uh, and I tell you, you're, you're, you're benefiting so much. And Evelyn has a great credit repair business there. You can go and it helps. Trust me. You want to get a house, want to get better APR when you get take out loans? Yeah. Hey, that's what you need to do. Fix your credit. Get your stuff together. <laughs> anyway, so let me get into this topic that I really want to talk about. So uh, over the last couple of years, there's been uh, different approaches to getting people engaged in the religious experience. And by religious experience, I'm not... Uh, excluding Christianity uh, or making it exclusive, excuse me, to Christianity. But uh, across the spectrum, people are finding ways to engage uh, the divine, if I could say that. Um, And one of my, um, I'm saying I'm too much. In my doctoral studies, I did a a class on spiritual uh, growth and one of the things that we had to do was come outside of our faith experience, our faith community experience, and explore different means. And one of the thing, one way I did that was through uh, the arts, and using the arts as a way of connecting to the divine. And when I went through a historical study of this, I found that. Uh, particularly within the construct of the uh, ancient Roman Christianity. Uh, the first, uh, you know, the first four or five hundred years of the Christian church and within the Roman uh, Catholic experience, uh, art was a, a big part of that. And by the time you get to the medieval and Renaissance eras in, Christ, uh, in history, they were driven by the sense of arts and um, being a music student when I when I in college, music major in college, I had to learn quite a bit about uh, historical uh, references and how music developed as it is. And art, music as an art form, inspired not only the visual arts and not only the dramatic art, but performing arts. And so uh, I, I explored that, and I I I. I I learned quite a bit about myself and my personal uh, relationship with the divine uh, through exploration of the arts. I'm I'm, I'm a better person for it, I hope. Now, as I was talking about 
Kirk Franklin and as I was talking about Kanye West and what they're experiencing, particularly with Kanye, uh, I, I said this on my video that I posted. What makes Kanye different than Mace or makes him different from Little Richard, makes him different from Al Green, those guys who and all you know, all of those left uh music at the height of their careers and went into ministry. Every last one of them. Mace left music and pastored the church and well, it didn't end so well, but for a number of years as he was leading that church, you know, he he was doing well. Um Little Richard at the height of his men, uh, music ministry, music career, uh, left and became a minister. Also, you know, he's ordained uh, a Methodist pastor, and he pastored. And then he, of course, went back and forth. And um, the Bishop Al Green, not the Congressman Al Green from Texas, <laughs> but Bishop Al Green. Uh, uh, you know, at the height of his music career, after having some hot grits thrown on him, had that uh, experience, and uh, now did he only did he convert per se, but he started his church, and I've had the opportunity to go to his church on a number of occasions there in Memphis, in Memphis, and you know, another church, but uh, <laughs> he he's you know he's done that, and they've all wrestled with the same thing: how do we balance a you know, what do you do? You're still a musical icon. And we saw uh, each time they try to come back, it, it's difficult. It's, you can't you can't do it. Mace tried to come back, and, well, it, it didn't really do well for him. Little Richard tried to come back, and it, it did okay for him. But, you know, again, he couldn't he couldn't keep it going. Same thing with Al Green. He still performs, but he has to find the balance, and now I think he's just relegated completely to preaching. I don't think he is even doing any secular music. I could be mistaken about that. But it's different. It's different when you have a person who has not done that and becomes revered as an icon not because of her religious experience or her religious uh uh, capacities or expressions or anything like that, but simply because of she's uh, a black woman who's breaking trends. Uh, I guess you can say breaking the glass ceiling. So uh, a number of years ago, a young black professor of uh, I, I, I think she's a church studies or something like that. Uh, the uh, Reverend Yolanda Norton, she's okay. She's the H. Eugene Furlow Chair of Black Church Studies and the Assistant Professor of Old Testament at San Francisco Theological Seminary. So in 2018 or 2016, somewhere in there, I, I, uh, she began, she held uh, the first Mass for Beyonce. And the Beyonce Mass was held at um in San Francisco and what it consisted of was Beyonce music. All the music was Beyonce and all the speaking reflected Beyonce uh as a figure of womanist empowerment. And so she 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 sees it as Womanist theology, and if you're not familiar with uh, womanist theology or uh, feminist theology, it depends on what circle you're in. It's basically this: it's a uh, just like Black liberation theology, from which I draw a lot of my uh, perspectives and work. Uh, black theology, Black liberation theology of James and um, James Cone, and is is and many others. Um, so womanist theology is, is presents uh, a framework. Black uh, black liberation theology pre- presents a framework of the gospel presented in and um, through the eyes of the oppressed, and therefore is uh, working to help those who are oppressed. Womanist theology uh, looks at the uh, looks at the 
customs, traditions, and uh, scriptures, both the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament, within an interpretation of the lens of uh, liberating black women. So that's womanism. Feminist theology is, is, you know, feminism is geared more toward white women. Womanist is geared more toward black women, uh, women of color, um, and it, it correlates with the black the, black liberation movement and theology. It has similarities in it, and both of the goals is the is to include those voices that are usually um, left silent. They're there, but they're silent. And so, womanist theology uh, puts this construction. Uh, a black womanhood uh, and the black community in relation to black womanhood and the black church in relation to uh, black womanhood in a liberationist perspective. Okay, if I'm making any sense. So that in essence, the black woman is the embodiment of the black liberation experience in totality from the church to the political arena to the social arena, okay? So that's what this is. And so uh, uh, Dr. Fult, Dr. Norton, um, who is a Beyonce fan, apparently, took this and decided that she could use Beyonce as a means to help empower uh, women, black women in particular. So I'm going to play this clip for her. Uh, this is um, explaining why she uses Beyonce, or she chose to use Beyonce as this uh, womanist liberation uh, construct in her mass, in her service. So it's about too many long clip. I might pay it all, may not, but take a listen to uh, why, what this Beyonce mass is supposedly about. For me, what was important about teaching the Beyonce and the Hebrew Bible class was about giving black women a voice, that we uh, talk about how black women are marginalized, how our bodies are judged, but also that we talk about how black women um, are empowering, how we start movements, how we change um, the environments that we are a part of. People have asked me time and again, why Beyonce? In a class that um, talks about the Hebrew Bible, why would you engage the topic of Beyonce? Well, I wanted to teach a class on womanist biblical interpretation, and as someone who has grown up listening to Beyonce, as my life has evolved, I've seen her life evolve, and I've seen her step into her womanhood, I've seen her find um, more agency, and that's empowering for young people. We've seen how she's grown, we've seen how she's evolved as a, as a person, but her music has evolved to go right along with that. So when she came out with Formation, it, it made it much, her music, a lot more relevant to her community. This was not an immediate process. It started as conversations about what did we want to say about how black women are created in the image of God? What do we want to say about how black women worship? And what came out of these explorations and these conversations was something that I think embodies the womanist identity, the womanist definition um, in the world. And so in talking about Beyonce in worship, we are watching all of these other aspects of, of black women, the way that we're forced to um, grow up early, the way that we have our own particular attitude and sass, the way that we um, take agency in situations, how we care for people. All of that comes out in the way that we talk about Beyonce in class and the way that we've designed this worship service. It's wanting to be able to show how the Bible is not just a dusty book of 66 old uh, documents, but is alive and lively and applicable to um, life, even, even to complicated, interesting, early 21st century life in San Francisco. Seeing how our experiences are... All right, so the two persons that you heard uh, was... The first person was... Um, Dr. Norton, who came up with the concept of the Beyonce Mass. And the second person was the chair of the her department at, at San Francisco Theological Seminary. Now, I, I have no issue with integrating contemporary um, 
perspectives into the worship experience. I do it in my preaching. Uh, you know, every every preacher uses a contemporary, not every preacher, but a lot of times you'll find preachers uh, using song titles, contemporary song titles, as the the subjects for their sermons to gather. You know, <laughs> kind of to get the attention of their worship. Uh, but in the academic and theological perspective, um, we explore how culture influences religious expression and church expression and vice versa. So I, I have to applaud them for doing this. Matter of fact, I did this in grad school. I didn't do it uh, to this degree, but I wrote a piece, uh, uh, published a paper on DMX and his song, Who We Be, and I saw it as a social rhetorical um expression of, of of again from a black liberation preaching perspective. I saw it in that way and I wrote it from that perspective. Uh and I actually won a I won I won second place in our graduate uh school research forum for that paper and it was published and I don't know where it was published. I might have to find it. And I know I got it around here somewhere on this. But that's not unusual to to again uh, use contemporary culture and infuse that, get that infused with gospel expression or church expression or religious expression is absolutely nothing new about that. But what makes this, <laughs> uh, what makes this different, and this is just me, this is the opinion of Dr. Neil and Dr. Neil only. Uh, she's clearly a fan of Beyonce. And Beyonce has no relevant religious experience or expressions in her music. We know she can't, you know, I know a family, some of her family members personally, uh, from those from Louisiana on her mother's side. Uh, but we know she grew up in the church. We know that she came from a very diverse and uh, a, a, a contemporary church that was non-traditional you know so we know that but aside from that we don't we, we know that she still holds fast some clear deep religious perspectives you know and values is it but at the same time we we don't see her doing or showing sharing that for example you have denzel washington who is not afraid to let people know of his faith experiences and you know his personal religious expression and even though he's an actor he shares he uses that as his platform to broaden his sphere of influence with the ministry with uh the christian christian uh perspective and he doesn't doesn't take away from that and others like um uh, chance the rapper who unabashedly it did that. And, oh, and I think about back in the day, in in the nineties, MC Hammer. MC Hammer was deeply religious, and one of the best albums he did had two uh, gospel songs on there. It said, "Pray, we got to pray. Hey, pray, pray, we got to pray just to make it today, <laughs> right?" And then the other one, he did an upbeat version very contemporary version of Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And I tell, I swear, we still sing that at my church. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think we sang that, um, uh, well, someone sang that the other night. The other night. Anyway, so it's not unusual for, for preachers and for secular artists to find that convergence and be able to have that convergence within the religious, particularly the black Christian worship experience. That That is absolutely not unusual. We can even go back as far as uh, Rita Franklin's father, C.L. Franklin, having secular guys, people at his church, and exposing her to that, and therefore getting her involved in you know, launching her career in the secular music arena. So I have no beast with that. The idea, but here's the, this is where it gets borderline idolatrous because you're creating a service, a worship experience around this individual. That that's where it gets borderline idolatrous, if not outright idolatrous. 
And for those of you who might be uh, fans of the Beehive or whatever they say, be, uh, Beyonce and her music, there's nothing, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing significant about Beyonce's music either. You know, yes, she she did the formation, and that was empowering for Black women, from from which from which um, uh, Dr. Norton drew some of her inspiration to to launch the mass back in uh, what 2016, whenever that was, and 2018 it, it went forth again, and just last week it was performed in New York City as Presbyterian Church. Um. And see, she said uh, she was inspired by Beyonce, but the whole point of the service is um, to I, I put it this way: from a womanist perspective, a womanist theological perspective, I can see it, but again, it's borderline because it's not building on the sources. The source material, which is the women of the Bible, particularly the, uh, and while we know the, we know the women of the Old Testament, but the women of the New Testament is mentioned, like Phoebe, like um, Dorcas, like um, or Tabitha, or um, many Lydia, uh, many of the women, prominent women who Paul and the other authors write about in the New Testament epistles and. Uh, um, and Marys, all the Marys of the gospel. So those women were prohibited from fully being recognized and were discriminated against largely because of a patriarchy that uh, viewed men as valuable than women. And that went all the way down until very recent history. And so seeing it as an empowerment thing, yes, I, I completely understand that within the framework of contemporary um, expression. But again, if we're going to stay biblical to this thing, if we're going to stay within the context of womanist theology and saying that the black woman is the centrality of the black experience, which I have no disagreement with whatsoever. I have no disagreement whatsoever. We got to stop there. And Beyonce, wow, wow. How can I, how can I put this? Beyonce's music is great. What she did with her homecoming thing, I love. Um, and the fact that the mass, as it's called, because you know I don't even know why it's called a mass. Um, I well I do. I, I do, but the average person who is non-Catholic, Roman Catholic in particular, wouldn't wouldn't understand what a mass is, and so I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but the fact that it's featuring black women, it's featuring black uh, officiants, um, and it, uh, I think it even includes the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. It, it may, from a black woman's perspective, I, I think it does. I'm not sure to that, but what I do. Uh, do say even though they're saying it's not about worshiping Beyonce, I, I'm, I'm quite sure they're going to say it's not worshiping Beyonce because they're not putting Beyonce on the pinnacle per se. But here, here, here's where it becomes semi worship because um, the centrality of any Christian worship experience should be that of Jesus the Christ. That's it. So while we could do a mass that focuses on social justice, we must put social justice within the construct and perspective of Jesus, the Christ, being the one who freed us because the scripture says in Acts that he went about doing good and freeing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So that's that when it comes to womanists. Black womanists, even though there's no strict written account of a black woman in the the scriptures that we know of, 
uh, we can find some in the Old Testament, particularly where uh, the Midianite woman that, that Moses married, that his sister and his brother ridiculed from, and they ended up getting uh, turning white <laughs> because because they ridiculed him for having this black woman as his wife. We we find that we we can find it that, but again, we have to be very careful. The entirety of the service was is it, all about Beyonce, which makes Christ secondary. That's what I have a problem with. And I would say the same thing again. Like if, if we're gonna do any any issue adjacent to worship, it has to be centered on Christ first. Christ has to be the priority, and the issue is the ser- that's secondary. It can it has to be built upon Christ, because you can find Christ in the oppression of anything. You can find him in the oppression of everyone around the world. Uh, he's there. So I just I just see a mass inspired inspired by Beyonce. And now as much as I love Frankie Beverly and Mays, uh, I would not construct the entire service around Frankie Beverly and Mays. As much as I love Tupac and as much as he you know I I, I admire his words and what he tried to express them in the latter part of the day the more uh liberated he became the more um the more he became aware, the more he spoke about it in his words. And his lyrics reflected. You know, I would not construct an entire service around him. Now I could I could find I, I could find a way to integrate it into the service, but not the entire service. So you know, um anyway, that's just my two cents. I'd love to hear what you have have to say, um, it, it we're, well, like I said earlier, we're living in some strange times right now. I mean, we are living in some very strange times. I don't know if we're in the end days or not. I don't know if the spirit of Antichrist is loose or not. I just know the times we're living in is very strange. And we have to be all the more adamant about who we are as those who, who are professing to be Christians, that we don't fall into the gullibility of the world and all that is presenting to us in the contemporary culture. Not that, not that is we can't be benefactors to some of the things that the world presents to us. Because definitely some things that can be beneficial to us, but uh, we just gotta be careful. That's just reality of it. We just gotta be careful. All right, I'm gonna get out of here again. I want to invite you to check out my podcast, "Be Your Differentiated Self." It's available on Anchor.fm. Just go there, Anchor.fm slash Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Y'all hear my dog in the background? He wants to go outside. He's not going outside while I'm doing this recording. So that's it. <laughs> uh, so check that out Let me know what you think about that That's the Be Your Differentiated Self podcast Also check out the Zero Today um, uh, Zero Today YouTube channel Go look over those videos Like, subscribe Hit the bell for notification And support us on Patreon We appreciate all of that Appreciate everything that you're doing to help us do what we do. We will continue to do what we do as long as we have the ability to do so. So I'm going to get out of here and as I said, I'm going to close out again on this very good song I like by Kanye and his Jesus is King album. Sing to the power of the Lord, come down. This is Dr. Lorenzo Neal and I'm out. You guys have a wonderful day. <laughs>